But one thing I do know about the locker room, bro, is we always stick together, right? The players always stick together. Regardless yeah. of what's going on, what we say is, you that's, know, And that's a huge statement. Yeah. Regardless of whatever's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, players stick together because we used to yell sometimes at practice, we all we got. We all we got. You may not like me certain couple of weeks out of the year. I may not like you because of the way that you're playing or your performance. Like at the end of the day, like for the most part, I'm always going to have your back. Behind the mask. What's happening, my dog? What's good, family? Another day in paradise. You know what it is. Already, man. Listen, we are upon the fourth quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. final part of the season. And the more and more I think about it, I think back to even how last year finished up. You know, the Rams won the Super Bowl. The NFC West, I thought, was the best division mm-hmm. in football. We thought immediately after free agency... It went to the AFC West. Yeah, yeah. With the the Raiders, you look at the Chiefs, Chiefs still going to be the Chiefs. Yeah, they still up top. Broncos. Yeah, Broncos. Oh, disappointing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Uh, good but luck then, with that. Right, right. And then you look at, you go over to the East, NFC East, mm-hmm. which was the worst division in football mm-hmm. last year. And, bro, they all balling, including yeah. the Giants. Including uh, the Commanders. Four teams right now technically have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Probably won't happen, but when you look at how each team is playing in that division, man, they're strong. Never know who's going to win that one, so yeah. Yeah, and when you look at the body of work, it really shows, like, is the culture really created now to where it's sustainable, or is it a one-time hit? Now, Mm -hmm. what really makes me ask that question is because when you look at what's going on in two particular places, I look at... The Houston Texans, mm, still mm, struggling. Yeah. Thought they would have done better, especially how they finished up last year. Lovey Smith, defensive coordinator, now he's the head coach. But the culture there is the culture. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Fired Matt Rule, and Steve Wilkes is the new head coach. He's doing a good job so far. He's showing life, yeah. something that they did not show earlier in the year, but... At the end of the day, it's, they're still underachieving. Yeah. And why you got to go at two of my former teams, man? The Texans and the Panthers. Like, I, that's what we doing? Because you left the culture there. You, you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo. I feel what you're saying, though, because I think about the Panthers, right? And when we talk about culture, we talk about the core of the locker room, right? What a head coach wants to establish uh, the team's identity. Is it a run-first team? Is it a physical team? Is it, is it a more... Uh, not finesse, but a more uh, lateral zone running team tossed to get to the outside, or is it like just physical downhill on the run game? And of course, defense, you you guys always want to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. But when I look at the Panthers, that core, that nucleus that was there previously is gone. Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers, and you got Robbie Anderson, he's uh, with the Cardinals now. Right. Right. So, and these are your two, two of your leaders on offense. Then you bring in a Baker Mayfield that some of the players were vocal about not wanting him to be on the team, didn't work out. So now, what is the culture? What is the identity of that team? And I think what happens is that coupled with losing a coach, right, firing Matt Rule, you don't know 
a team doesn't know which way to go when your leadership isn't in place. And those are captains. Those are leaders. Right. Where are you going to go? So that culture definitely means something. But one thing I do know about the locker room, bro, is we always stick together, right? The players always stick together. Regardless yeah. of what's going on, what we say is, you that's, know, And that's a huge statement. Yeah. Regardless of whatever's going on, right? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, players stick together because we used to yell sometimes at practice, we all we got. We all we got. Regardless of what the coaches are saying to us, regardless of how the GM or the owner team ownership is making decisions that we might not like. Like, think about it. If you got a Christian McCaffrey on your team, clearly a leader on the Panthers in the community, but then he gets traded midseason, you're like, damn, if he could get traded, anybody could get traded. Yeah. So it goes back to we all we got. We standing 10 toes down with each other. And not everybody on the team, not all 53 players, but you're going to find some players that you galvanize with, that you connect with, just like we were. You know what I'm saying? We're still friends to this day. And you're going to have people like that in a business setting. And I just think the disconnect, though, often comes of what that culture is and what you establish in that locker room against what's going on upstairs and the decisions that's being made upstairs. So that's where the disconnect often comes, and that's why sometimes you see teams having the records that they have. The holidays always find a way. The holiday season is my favorite time of year. The kids are home from school, and they bring us together to enjoy what matters most. Whether you're in the family room watching a game or catching up on the Behind the Mask podcast, Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together. Enjoy the real magic of the holiday season by surrounding yourself with good friends and family, delicious food, and of course, ice-cold Coke. Yeah, and you mentioned the locker room. And bottom line, the locker room was a place to where it was, at one point of time, it was sacred. Yeah. Like, yeah. you couldn't bring no video. Like, <laughs> the thought of even bringing a camcorder yeah. inside of a locker room, like, that was forbidden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now you look at Hard Knocks. Yeah. It exposes a little bit more to kind of keep you on the hook. I don't care how bad or how mad you may be at the NFL or your team. Man, you look at Hard Knocks, man. You're just like, damn, is that what it's really like? Yeah. So it brings it all back around full circle. Does the culture really affect the wins and losses yeah. of a team? Yeah. I think I think team culture does, right? But from the aspect of, again, what is the core and the nucleus of the team? So we always have accountability as players, right? Yeah. If you mess up, if I mess up, we have thick enough skin for you to, for you to be like, yo, two, you screwed up here. Even though you're on defense, you screwed up here, man. Hey, man, you can't be doing that. I come to the sideline, yo, get it together. You know what I'm saying? That's the culture. That's I'm not going to take it as a slight because you're checking me during the game because I know you want what's best for the team. So, yeah, we always have that accountability. We have each other's back. But, again, sometimes there's a disconnect when it comes, in my opinion, when it comes to the, to the coaching. And I give you a prime example. I think how a coach can want to establish something with his team, but then you look back like, yo, bro, what you said doesn't align with your actions. And I'll give you a prime example, bro. Remember back in 9-11? Uh, oh, yeah. 9-11? It's crazy, bro. Can, how can you forget, right? Yeah. So 9-11, uh, 2001 was the, the second week of the NFL football season, mm -hmm. right? So I'm down in New Orleans. We're playing... Uh, it, it happened on a Tuesday. We weren't playing. It happened on a Tuesday. So remember, everybody in 9-11, you woke up and you was like, damn, what the hell is really going on in the world? Nobody knew what, what happened at first. Everybody was stuck to the TV wondering what the hell is happening next. So for us, the safe haven, safe haven that we always had was go to the facility. 
Yeah. Because we know that's where you safe at. And congregate in the and locker room. And congregate in the locker room with your, with, your, with your brothers. You know what I'm saying? So we go to the facility and guys are like, we don't know what's going on. However, word got around, we got a team meeting the next day. Fast forward to the next day, we get there, reporters out there. You know, what are you guys going to do? Uh, you start to understand what's really happening, what happened with 9-11. And we like, well, we're not even thinking about football right now because, you know, hundreds of people died. You know what I mean? We don't even know the body count. We just like, let us grasp real life because yeah. this is just a job at this point. Right. So we go into the locker room, team meeting. We sitting up front, offensive line there, and, and um, Tom Benson walks in. He's the team's owner at the time. Uh, comes in the locker room, uh, excuse me, comes in the, in the team meeting room, and he's like, yo, you know, all of this is going on in, in the Northeast, and we don't know what's going on, but we're a resilient com- country, and we want to stick together, and we want to continue to move on with our lives because that's what... Americans are made of. We're fighters, we're strong, we're tough, and we're going to keep doing our job. So we like, where is this going? Yeah. So he said, because 9-11 happened, they canceled the games that weekend, right? The next week we had a bye. Only two teams in the league had a bye that early, third week of the season. So now technically, we got 21 days off between games. So literally, this man said, to keep our competitive edge, we're going to fly up to Pittsburgh to scrimmage the Steelers, the only other team in the NFL that has a bye week three. Who, who said this? Tom Benson. Tom Benson. Yeah, the team's owner, Saints okay. owner. So we're looking like, bro, you you talking about bull? Like, we all, like, when 9-11 happened, I couldn't even get a touch. Ty was in New York with his moms. I couldn't even get a touch with his mother because all the, you know, the, 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 the phone lines was down. Right. So I'm like, yo, everybody's just like aghast. Like, what's going on? So all of a sudden, you just hear just beating, just beating. I'm looking on the, Next to me, Kyle Turley sitting next to me. So he's like getting fuming. He's fuming, right? So Tom Benson leaves. Coach Hazlitt is up there. Jim Hazlitt, head coach. He's like, yeah, so, you know, we're going to find out a way to, to fly up to Pittsburgh to scrimmage. We'll make sure your families are good. If your families want to come up there, they can. If not, we'll make sure they're safe down here. Da, da, da. But we want to keep our competitive edge to make sure that we're ready for the rest of the season. We got some big things on hand. So, again, you just hear Kyle Turley just, just beating the table, right? So Wally Williams next to me, he's like, oh, he shit, he about to blow. Turley gets beating the table. He, his his knee was under the table, like just oh, beating it and just making okay. you know. So I'm I'm two people down from him. I'm like oh, shit, man. So he's like, fuck this, Jim. You crazy? You talking about going to scrimmage up in the northeast where planes just went down at, and we have to leave our families to go practice football, practice football, a not a game. Not a game that we're getting paid for to go practice football. He said, are you out your fucking mind? He said, I'm not going. We're not going. And matter of fact, if anybody else feels like you want to fly to freaking Pittsburgh to scrimmage the Steelers after what you just seen on TV, raise your hand right now. You raised your hand, didn't you? Hell no. Nobody raised their hand, bro. We like, he's right. Turley hops on the desk that he's beating on, stands on it. It was, we had, you know, snacks and fruit. Fuck that, we ain't going. You want to go up there and scrimmage? Go by your damn self. Matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to join the fucking Marines. Takes the banana, throws it at Jim Hazlitt. He ducks. Turley runs out the room, walks out the room, I should say. Hazlitt's up there. He's like, uh, all right, everybody, take five. <laughs> So we like, we like, oh shit. So we like, so, so we take a break. Take five. Take five. But you got to think, 
of the mindset of what the hell just happened. These Tom Benson and Jim Haslett really said we're going to go scrimmage to play to practice another team. Right where in, in Pennsylvania we're playing. The same we're going, weekend this happened the same, on a Tuesday. Talking about we going down there that Friday. So talk about the culture. Now outside the outside the team meeting room, Wally Williams, R- Willie Rove, they go outside to catch Turley. You hear a bunch of rumbling going on. So I don't, I, I didn't see what happened. I heard what happened. You know what I'm saying? I heard some little altercation went down with Kyle Turley and Jim Hazlitt out there, but I ain't see it, so I can't verify it. Leave it at that. But needless to say, say we, we we didn't go. You know what I'm saying? We was like, nah, things are bigger than football. But that locker room culture for us to stick together and be like, nah, fuck that. It's messed up because you hear people now talking about with certain issues that go on in, in this country. And they're like, two to kill. Yeah, you guys are talking this way on your platform. But you wouldn't have done that back then when you played. It's like, yeah, we would have because we stand for something. Right. But that's the culture. That's what I said to players. We stick together. And the main thing at that point, that's when Hazlitt lost that locker room, bro. That's when he lost. That's when he lost it. Because now, again, your 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 words, what you're telling us, is not aligning with your action. You know what I'm saying? Family. You know what I'm saying? Faith. <clears throat> things that that mean the most to you. Football is a job, is a game. But you want us to go ahead and and, and fly up there to scrimmage in Pennsylvania where planes is going down and and the, and the Northeast. So, yeah, man, we stuck together, bro. And we didn't do it. But after that, I want to say later on in the season, some other things happened, man. We just Guys just really wasn't going to war for this coach no more because you you realize oh this this organization because you realize like yo they out for themselves the bottom line. He's like nah man I got it. You thought today was another routine? You thought today was a walk in the park? Congrats, you played yourself. I'm Alex Toussaint, and today we're drinking Smart Water Alkaline with nine plus pH and added electrolytes. It's hydration for your determination. That means no excuses. I don't want to see you just work out. Get out there and outwork. Let's get it, baby. Smart Water Alkaline. I remember that like yesterday, especially when you talk about 911. Um, when that happened, I remember, you know, we had a meeting and I was on the Cincinnati with that team, and we were talking about. You know, the guys, older guys was talking about playing. Mm -hmm. And it came to a halt. Nobody played games that week. But I remember people were talking about, since we don't have a game, we can go home. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, man, ain't no way in hell I'm jumping on the plane. (laughs) For real, I remember driving to Atlanta and driving back from Atlanta to Cincinnati. Full seven hours. I didn't mind it at all, but... Now nah, you really brought it back, but my incident, what really happened with Cincinnati, I remember in in a case to where how the culture is created. Mm-hmm. And once it's created, you figure out whether or not can you move forward mm-hmm. or you're going to just pretty much just go into slumps. 98, we ended up winning three games. Bruce Coslett was the head coach. In 99, we ended up winning four games. 2000, we started off 0-3. Coslett was still the head coach. I remember walking into the the auditorium team meeting room, and it was almost like, all right, 7.30, 8 o'clock. He ain't in. It's 8.01. It's like 8 o'clock, 45 seconds. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, hey man, like we ain't never seen this before. Man, coach then, is never late. Coach is never late. Right. Then it's like 8.01. I swear, dog, it felt like 10 whole minutes had passed. So bottom line is, Dick LeBeau walks in and he was like, all right, guys, um, you know, we're we going to have some changes going on. From this day moving forward, uh, I'll be your head coach. And, you know, it's not a lot that I can tell you, but just know, like, we don't get this thing turned around. Mm. And so for me, that was the first real, I was like, man, this is what the NFL is really like? Yeah. I was like, damn, he didn't even come out and say bye to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, and I'm thinking like, all right, Spike, yo, chill. Like, this ain't college, man. Right, like, yeah. but then I'm like, at least he could have like had some communication. I didn't know. Mm. Didn't know exactly what he was going through. But my point was, was the culture was established from what he started. And over that three-year time period, we ended up winning with 11 games. Shit. You know what I mean? And you play 16 games a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So when he left, things totally change. And you talk about, you know, the guys inside of that locker room being in a, a, a bunker mentality, having mm -hmm. that bunker mentality of making sure, like, regardless of whatever we may go through, like, you may not like me certain couple of weeks out of the year, I may not like you because of the way that you're playing or your performance. Like, at the end of the day, like, for the most part, I'm always going to have your back. Yeah, especially and, on the field. Right, and the conflict usually comes from the culture that you talked about that's established up top because they're the ones who kind of install it. Mm -hmm. And then it got to manifest down into all of the other guys on the team. But I remember the thing that was different when you when you talk about a coach that lost the team. And it wasn't so much Dick LeBeau because he he was thrown into it and he was trying to piece it together. We had a young football team. Mm -hmm. The year before, we drafted Achilles Smith. Yeah. Then the next year, we drafted all of the young wide receivers. We had Ron Dugans, mm -hmm. Peter Ward. Yeah. You know, all of the, these guys was the starters. Carl Pickens had retired or where he was playing with the Tennessee Titans. So we didn't, Darnay Scott, he was the only vet. And, bro, I remember things change in free agency. That same year, we picked up Von Booker and Tony Williams. And the thing I remember, man, what changed, there was no sense of urgency. Mm. And so when we talk about the culture that's created, good story for you. I remember going to sponsorship dinners with sponsors there now. And we still over. We hadn't won a damn game. Yeah, trying but, to sell it. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they wanted to be like, we still want to have dinner with the Bengals. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, cool. Get a little extra cheese on yeah. the side, a little scratch. So me, Von Booker, Willie Anderson, all of us go. And man, I remember walking away from that table that night. No, the toast at the end of the night. I mean, we had the restaurant in flames. Mm -hmm. Von Booker was like, this toast is to the next win that we're going to get. <laughs> and I'm up here holding the glass thinking, well, damn, we, shit, Von, we don't even have any wins. But I didn't say it. The first win. Yeah, then I, I was like, <laughs> we need to be toasting to the first win. <laughs> then I'm looking at the sponsors. I'm like, I'm not going to break the mood. And Von was like, 
here's to the next win. We take the shot. He was like, woo! Just imagine what's, what it's going to be like, guys, the next time when we win a game. Oh, my God. I say, God. man, come on, dog. <laughs> but it was just, bro, it was like we bonded with each other. And it was just the sense of urgency really wasn't there. Nobody really took it seriously. Mm. Obviously, I don't think the sponsorship, the sponsors took it seriously. They really was there just to enjoy the time yeah. and say, you know what? At least I see why these guys are not winning games, but they will have a damn good time <laughs> at the end of the night. They're going to stick together. <laughs> yeah, they're going to stick together. Chances are you aren't sharing an epic dinner with your friends right now, but you could be. Just book a seat at a private dining event with your Chase Sapphire Reserve card. Then get to it. A multi-course menu. Insane flavors. A wine pairing. Ooh, is that crispy duck? Experience more unforgettable dinners with private dining events from Sapphire Reserve. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com slash Sapphire Reserve. Cards issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. Subject to credit approval. Term supply. It's crazy because, you know, you, you're with the team and you can feel it. You can feel a winning culture. You can feel a losing culture. You can feel uh, tension in a locker room. You know what I'm saying? You can feel all of these things. Even in the game, you can feel that momentum shift, right? It's a feeling because, again, you're around these, your, your teammates, your coworkers, you're around them freaking eight hours a day, sometimes more than that, sometimes 12, because you get there at six. And, you know, how we used to study at the end, you know, the Wednesdays and Thursdays, we'd be out of there at 536 wow. in the evening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So 12-hour days of us really putting in that work. But you're around guys so much, so you you know the ins and outs. You know what guys, the buttons that you can push with guys. You know how to motivate them a little bit more or to bring that additional thing out of them. You know what I'm saying? If it's film study, whatever it might be. And in that locker room, we talked about the locker room, it becomes ours. So much so that when you see a coach coming in there, you're looking at the coaches like you're a teenager when your parents come in your room, you're like, yo, what you want? Coach, what you doing what here? What you doing here? What do you want? There's no reason for you to be here unless you want something or want to say something. And, and that's literally how it was. And I, I, shit, I remember back when we were in uh, Jacksonville, 07, 08, with the Jags, and Jack Del Rio was the coach. So when I first got to Jacksonville, Mike Tice was a assistant coach, my, my guy. But I got to, to Jacksonville, and, and Del Rio was cool as far as I knew. A former guy, uh, a former teammate, Deion Grant, told me later that, yo, this is how Jack is. I was like, all right, whatever. But you know what? I take people for how I interact with them. Yeah. So the first thing that happened with me and Jack was I had a, a charity event in New York for Beyond the Burroughs, my national scholarship fund, and I did the events on a Monday night because Monday night football was going on. Figure I can go up there, do the charity event, fly right back. Granted, it's during the season. You don't want to do that during the season, but it's a charity event, so I'm like, you know, ain't nothing going to happen. Yeah. So one day we would, one day I, I scheduled the event for the beginning of the year. Didn't happen because we wound up having to practice late or something. So I rescheduled it for later in the year. So you know how it is rescheduling the whole fundraiser. There's a lot of moving parts, right? So finally, Jack knows that this is coming up. I told him it was coming up. Coach, yo, this is what it's going to be. By now, I got guys that's going to fly up to New York with me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, coach. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to keep us, and there's only one fight leaving Jacksonville going to New York to get us there in time. I'm like, yo, man, coach, man, I know we got to run. I know we lost and everything, but remember, I got this fundraiser tonight. So he's like, what? I was like, I got the fundraiser in New York. He's like, oh, no, I said, I got the fundraiser. He said, oh, I'm going to get you out of here in time. I was like, 
yeah, but the fundraiser's in New York, remember? And I was like, we got to fly up there. He's like, we? I said, it's a couple of the guys. So he's looking at me like, we just fucking lost, and you talking about flying to New York? And I was like, coach, nothing's going to happen. I have security up there. We're literally flying in there for a fundraiser. You know my charity. Like, it's nothing going to happen. I promise. You got to trust me. I'm a seven, eight-year veteran at the time. It's like, nothing. I ain't going to. y'all like little kids. Yeah, like kids, right? I'm like, nothing going to happen. So he comes back in the locker room, and then he's like, um, all right, guys. So guys are looking at me, and he's like, all right, guys. We're not going to run a day. Just get out of here, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. So we were sitting there, the rest of the team players, like, yo, you're the only player in the history of the NFL that we've seen that got practice canceled. A player, not, you know, not for reasons the coach canceled or not for like a 9-11 or something serious, you know? So I was like, all right, cool. Get your bags, let's go. So we go. So that was the, the, the vibe that I got from Jack. Fast forward to next year, mind you, we were winning that year. Fast forward to next year, we weren't winning, the same guys that were the leaders in the locker room that had a say-so that he made captains, that he made uh, the leaders of his message of how to run the team, your Mike Petersons, your Fred Taylors, Marcus Strauss. One day we came in the locker room, bro. Their lockers were near each other. He literally had the equipment guys move their lockers to different sides of the locker room, to our locker room. And he didn't... He he didn't give you heads didn't up. Didn't say nothing. Guys walk in and you like, because you think about it. When you walk in your locker room, you go, you sit down, but you're looking at, you know what's in your locker. So he, guys are looking like, what the fuck? This ain't where I sat yesterday. He moved the joint because he didn't want the leaders to be together because now they were leaders, but now is a crew that's running the locker room. And we like, yo, bro, what, what's the, the difference? Like, we ain't kids. You know what I'm saying? If you have an issue with somebody, say it. But that is another situation where the culture mattered, but you lose the locker room because the same people that you helped appoint captain, that you trusted to lead your team, you're now alienating. And we're looking at it like, yo, bro, this is our locker. You can't do that. And this might be something as simple as moving a chair. But imagine if you're sitting in your desk at work every day and, and all of a sudden your boss comes and moves your desk to somewhere else. Or imagine, you know how we was in our NBA class. We sat where we sat and everybody else knew these are our seats. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just... It's an unwritten rule, especially in the locker room. So it, it really lost everybody. And guys was just like, yo, he he wants something else. And granted, we were losing, but they wanted to make it look like that was the reason because the leaders are together doing what they want to do. Granted, there was some BS going on on the field. Guys getting We had two guys get a DUI in one night. Crazy party. Party was dope, but... Five times. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he They were together? Yeah. You know, I got to ask, though. Yeah, man. I ain't going to throw him under the bus, but... Bruh, two dudes <laughs> got a DUI the same night. They they had to be at the same place, hey, right? Hey, man. It, the party was live. I, I, I leave with that, but by no means am I advocating drinking and driving. However, yeah, two, two guys in the same night. So is this so, the culture or this is it, the distraction? Well, ah, so that... Could be the culture because in 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 Duval we was partying, we hung out. You know what I mean. So we hung out, and unfortunately, those two guys both got arrested in the the same night. Fell asleep. <laughs> they didn't hit nobody. They didn't, no no accidents or nothing like that. But definitely got arrested, man. But that culture did lead to 
what became a distraction because anytime your guys get arrested, yeah, it's a distraction. But I will say that I don't believe in it being a distraction when it comes to the game. I think it's a distraction because now you have to talk to the media. You have to vouch for your players and you have to answer questions that you didn't intend on answering. But you know, like I know, Spice, when you cross that line, you know what I'm saying, and you put your feet on the turf or feet on the grass, you're not worried about what's going on outside of the, outside of the field. No. You know what I'm saying? You don't. You ain't worrying. Hell, I've been through a divorce while I was playing. I ain't worried about what the hell was going on at home. It's because you have to literally, we compartment, compartmentalize everything. Got to be in the moment. You got to be in the moment. You don't have room to allow other things to seep in because that's going to knock something else out, knock a, a play out, or knock a coverage out, or right. knock something else that you need. You know what I'm saying? You don't have time for that. So I don't believe in the whole distraction thing, but was it part of the culture? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been in the game 15 years, man. I know you had some damn so-called distractions off the field. Or, no, you know what you, I'm saying? You, no it, it's funny, <laughs> though, because I guess what's funny is coaches always say, we don't need any distractions. Yeah. But the distractions, you make it more apparent now, even just thinking now, going back. It's never the distraction amongst the guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't want to have to... Only time it's a distraction is when you just got to talk about it. Yeah. And they asking me about, hey, this guy here got drunk. He fell asleep. He was found at the light and, you know, all of this and that. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, ask him. Don't right. be asking me that. <laughs> Shit, what, you, what you think? He going to come and confide to me and I'm supposed to open up to you? Ask him. Yeah. Yeah. But basically what it boils down to, coaches is really – uh. Help me out. It's a. Uh, it's more so of a reflection of the coaching staff, yeah. of the head coach. The culture is, yeah. Yeah, what mm-hmm. the culture is. So, like, I get it, but, you know, bottom line, at the end of the day, like, it's not necessarily a distraction for the players, mm-hmm. you know, because things are happening way too fast, as you mentioned. You're going through a divorce. yeah. And you didn't even think about that even one time while playing. Nah, when you come off the field, yeah, you're like, oh, shit. But then you re- remember, I didn't think about it during the game or during practice. Nah, you got too much other stuff going yeah, on, Yeah, like even if you got an old lady and she just likes to argue all the time. Yeah. It's like, I'm not thinking about that. That's your safe haven. Yeah, it is. Like, And if you mess with that safe haven, then you got to go. Like, period. So, no, nah, I, I get it. But I think... It brings it back full circle. Does it add to the fact of the culture of winning? Mm-hmm. Or does it add to the fact of you can create a losing culture? And the one thing I will say, even looking back, we talked about Carolina, Matt Rule, head coach, who was fired. The one thing that he did mention, he was like, if I had one thing or one regret, I would say I could go back and change is being able to get to know the players better, mm-hmm. to be able to sit down and talk with them. And I started to think about that because I've never seen a coach who's been axed and then they would come back and just post after the firing and just say, it's one thing I wish I could change. But he actually came out and said it, so it made me to think he came in during covid Mm-hmm. So you really couldn't get that one-on-one interaction yeah, yeah. with the guys as much as you probably wanted to. Mm-hmm. 
And it was hard for him to be able to build team camaraderie. Yeah, and so, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, yeah. some guys on that team, they may feel differently, but I can just, I do know that. Yeah. Like, that's hard. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's the reason, the total reason, but at least he came out and gave us something. Yeah, he and, you did. Know, and I, you, you got to respect that. Yeah, because he's taking accountability for it. That's yeah. the main thing, you know what I'm saying? Well, you can look in the mirror and say, this is part of the reason why I didn't succeed. You got to respect it. You know what I'm saying? It's not an excuse. It's a reason. Yeah. And I can respect the reason as long as you ain't giving excuses. So for me, team culture, yeah, it, it can affect winning and losing. But I think it's on individual players to come together and, hell, y'all drive the ship. You know what I'm saying? You going to make it get to your destination. Or capsize and sink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you will be foul falling asleep in the drive through at two in the morning, sleep. Hey, you know you sleep, right? <laughs> Love, bro. <laughs> Don't have what he's what he had. Right, right. Fact. Because that does not help. <laughs> The team culture. (laughs) (laughs) Salute, bro. Hey, salute. (laughs) Nobody was home filming the show. (laughs) Behind the mask.